Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. So here, we'll do this. We'll do a double intro. We'll do a Welcome to Birdland intro like we normally do. And then we'll do the little what if intro that we stole from Marvel. Okay. So we'll start right here. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. Boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. This is a uh, different episode. What episode number is this? I don't know. Do you know? I have no idea. All right. That's because we haven't decided yet. Okay. Because we're not going to talk about what happened this week in Orioles baseball. As exciting as that is... We don't know what week this is coming out. Okay. So I don't know if this is a bonus episode, if this is a episode where we can't get together because something's going on. Right. But really, this is just an experiment. Well, this is something we've been teasing for a while, this idea of exploring different possibilities uh, for the Orioles. We talked before about how the whole season can shift on a single play or moment or whatever, right? Baseball's a game of inches. Uh, and so this episode is dedicated to kind of looking at what if something different happened. Right. And we, I think we're leaning into this now because we're also stealing from pop, pop culture. And the Marvel stuff is has been doing all summer with this what if stuff. Every, when, when you watch football now, every commercial break is this Spider-Man movie, Mix and Dimensions. So we kind of steered that into the Orioles talk and a little bit of what if. Uh, things went a little different in other dimensions, I guess, using the Marvel term. There's another dimension where maybe the Orioles are already World Series champs, maybe multiple times. Mm, I have no idea of this culture, Marvel universe you speak of. I'm not really hip to that. But I am aware of multiple dimensions that could be coincided with our dimension. I've you watched know, enough Doctor Who to understand how this works. There's, there's lots of... Right. And... All the news now is that in the new Spider-Man movie, you might have three different versions of Spider-Man. And all I'm saying 
is for today's episode, what if we had three different versions of Chris Davis? Mm. What if the Chris Davis that didn't take Adderall got together with some other Chris Davises? Yeah. Uh, maybe what? a Chris Davis that didn't stay in Oriole. Yeah. Uh, or, a Chris, or a Chris Davis that played in the major leagues that didn't allow the shift to happen. Oh, <laughs> the shift, of course. So this is going to be our what if Chris Davis episode. All right. This is Chris Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to Section 336. Time. Space. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism. Of endless possibility. Where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities. Creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. I am the Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me. And ponder the question... What if? All right, Matt. I love the line, what if a single decision, uh, something about affected things differently? And I think that's what we set up. That's what this what if series is all about. And today I mentioned already, it's all about Chris Davis. Where do you want to start with the Chris Davis timeline? Oh, man, there's um, um, really, I think, where this whole episode is coming from is Josh is irritated that this year we can't, this offseason, we can't talk about Chris Davis anymore because he's no longer on the team. <laughs> I found a way. So he's like, Shoot, I found a way we, for one more episode. Yeah, we need to, we need to, you know, still talk about Chris Davis, his many, obsession with Chris Davis. Many um, podcasts at this point might do a Chris Davis appreciation episode. Mm. That's not the direction we're going. No, the purpose of this though is not is also not I don't think to bash Chris Davis. No. And I think I still hope that one day Chris Davis comes back on this show and we can reflect on the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah. Because you know I make excuses for Chris Davis. Right. Um but I still think Chris Davis will one day go into the Orioles Hall of Fame. And Chris Davis will always be a part of this 2012, 2013, 2014, 15, 16, these Orioles, that fun part of uh, the Orioles, Chris Davis will always be an important part to that. Sure. But but let's start with the elephant in the room because I think all of this comes back to the, the, the contract. The contract. Right. Like it's not – players perform badly all the time. Like this happens all the time. Players have bad years and players decline and just aren't very good anymore. This happens all the time. The yep. difference with Chris Davis is he signed a $161 million contract to pay him to play the next 70. Um, that's the difference, right, in, in, in a traditional guy just getting worse. And so in this what-if scenario, there's a couple of different scenarios here, right? Like what if, I think the most obvious one is what if the Orioles didn't choose to give Chris Davis $161 million? All right, now Let's go back to this a little bit. What year was it that we offered this contract? 2016. Okay, so 2016. Yep. Um, 
where he was still hitting dongs. Yeah, you know what's really interesting if you look at Chris Davis's career. I mean, it's easy to say this in retrospect, but the writing was kind of on the wall in the sense that, I mean, if you look just through his career with the Orioles, his first full season with the Orioles was 2012, right? We got him from Texas. His first full season was 2012, where he came out with 33 home runs, batted 270, just a great year in 2012. He followed that up in 2013. With a monster year. 53 home runs, led all of baseball on home runs, got some MVP votes, 138 RBI, 370 OBP. That's in 2013. Freaking special year. Yep. He followed that up in 2014. This is before the contract with batting 196 and hitting 26 home runs. But then he comes back after 2014. In 2015, hits 47 home runs, um, bats 262. But then. Um, in 2016, right, is the year he signs the contract. He goes uh, back down to 221. And so, after the contract, right, after the contract. So, you signed a guy, right, a 30 year old, based on pretty much two monster years and a really kind of down bad year in between that. It's kind of insane that you would give that much money to a guy who had two monster years that were sandwiched between a crappy year. Right. Well, because you were all you were paying everything for the home runs, so if you remember the way the saga went, Dan Duquette had given up on signing Chris Davis, and then there was a last minute. Remember, he made the phrase about the candle being blown out or something. Yeah, and then it seemed like maybe the Angelos family got involved and made this deal with Chris Davis. Yeah, there's a lot of all this is speculation. We don't know for sure. There was rumors that the Detroit Tigers were also making a strong bid all right. at Chris Davis. Um, Dan Duquette, this is not Dan Duquette's mo at all to pursue an aging Chris Davis, and so I think that's why a lot of people push it on Peter Angelos yes. because Peter Angelos even talked about this back at the time how much he liked Chris Davis mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. how he wanted Chris Davis to stay an Oriole. And so yep. and it didn't make sense for Dan Duquette to kind of do, do this move. And it's and frankly, it's Peter Angelos' money, so he can do what he wants with his money. Um, and so it seemed to be very much driven by ownership. And it's not even clear if the whole Tigers thing was a real right. a real offer was out there or not. Um, but the end result is he signs a $161 million deal that also at the time was like, it felt like, I mean, this is at a time where... The Orioles were good, right? That it, 2012 to 2016 window, the Orioles were really competitive. And, and let's also be honest. It didn't feel like a bad deal. It didn't feel overpriced. Ten years is crazy. But at the same time, MLB trade rumors, was their prediction for Chris Davis that year was $144 million for six years. Right. So 160 for 10 isn't that bad. And now they were projecting that he would go to the Cardinals. Yeah. So there were, it's not like they had him as number five as far as free agents that year. Right. So it's not like the Angelos family stepped in and gave a bunch of money to a guy who no one thought was going to be good. Everyone expected him to continue on with this tear. Uh, And in 2015, MLB trade rumors said, Davis is baseball's most prolific home run hitter, leading the majors in 2013 and 2014. 
He's a middle-of-the-order monster, and he doesn't turn 30 until March. Scott Boris will try to downplay Davis's high strikeout rate and his 2014 suspension for Adderall, which we'll get to. Uh, but Boris will also push for seven years for Davis, a term that he achieved with uh, Shin Tzu Chu previously. First base is not an in-demand position this winter, so finding a match for Davis is difficult. He would be a great addition to the Cardinals lineup if they lose Hayward, but the Orioles will stay involved while the Astros, Mariners, and Padres also make sense for Chris Davis. Yeah, and I would say it's also, I mean, and now Chris Davis has turned into a cautionary tale, and I think now teams are reluctant to give power-hitting first baseman money, right? Um, especially with not a kind of strong track record of being uh, good hitters. There's, um, there's a lot of liars in Baltimore Yeah, that say, oh, this was horrible from the beginning. When this contract was signed, Birdland was excited. Yeah, I mean, it was. Not everyone was on board with that contract at the time. Um, but to me, I was for it because it almost symbolized that the Orioles were willing to pay their own players and to hand out big contracts and to support the winning that was happening in Baltimore during this right. kind of four or five year um, window. And so to me, it's just, it represented, everyone says, Angel is so cheap, so cheap, so cheap. Well, no, here he is spending money. Unfortunately, he spent the money on the wrong guy. Right. And so we're doing a what-if episode, and we could speculate right. what if they use that money somewhere else instead of and, spending it for a guy who was atrocious after signing right. the contract. Right, and that's what it does. It gives us hope, which that money sounds outrageous based on it's way more than the payroll of the Orioles this year. But it gives us hope that the family wants, will spend money to win baseball and gives you hope for the future. So if it, we didn't sign Chris Davis, where else could that money have gone? Back then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone points to, I think when the negotiations with Manny Machado got serious were in 2018, um, where they're in arbitration year still, and they're working out a deal um, in arbitration. But there was also, at that time, the first rumors of extension talks. And you can't help but wonder, if they didn't spend that money on Chris Davis, the other big guy that they let get away was Manny Machado. And you wonder, would they have been able to offer, I don't know, about 10 years, 300 million, but earlier er, er, earlier on, you know, in 2018, when he still had a little bit, a couple years left, would you have been able to, or 2017, 16, would you have been able to offer Manny Machado a longer contract, which is what probably would have been smarter, um, even a two or three year extension surpassing the arbitration years. Now, one could argue even that was not going to save this team, right? Right. How kind of woefully we fell off the board, even with Manny Machado in his final year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Chris Davis is the most obvious direction to go to. I mean, I'm sorry, Manny Machado for, for that money. And even with that, you could have kept Nelson Cruz a little longer, but I don't think anyone would have projected that now, so many years later, he's still playing baseball. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you, you can go back to a whole what if on Mark Trumbo versus Nelson Cruz, and we went with Mark Trumbo as kind of a cheaper replacement right, to Nelson sure. Cruz, which turned out to be a terrible decision. And Cruz, um, uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that's this is the whole what if thing, right? Like, because one decision affects so many other things, and, and it's hard to predict because you, you wouldn't predict that Chris Davis would fall off as much as he did and as quickly as he did. And you want to yeah. predict that Nelson Cruz at 40 would continue to produce at such a high level, so. And, and it's is why it's a hard job to be a GM. And the when you think of 
how the Orioles just crashed and burned so hard two years later with relatively the same guys. In some ways, it represents the Chris Davis contract, and in many ways, it makes the contract even worse because you got nothing out of it. You really, there's no great bright spots at any point after the contract was signed to point to. Yeah, and that's the again with the what if it's it seemed like okay here's Chris Davis the centerpiece of this of this not just a small window but there's going to be a large window Chris Davis is going to be the centerpiece of it and the year he signs the contract they make the playoffs right they they lose right. to the Blue Jays in the infamous Zach Britton game and then the next year they're finished under 500 and the next year they lose 115 games yeah and then now imploded. we're yeah and now we're at Mike Elias um, all right. All right, so let's look at this contract. Let's say we do not sign Chris Davis. He signs with the Tigers or the Cardinals, someplace else. Who plays first base for the Orioles? Is it what, from, for who, in, 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 in that year? Yeah, in that year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I have to go back and look. Is, is Steve Pierce still with the organization in 2015? Right, it would probably be a Steve Pierce type thing, or we sign a uh, free agent. That year. Um, but the question is, would having a different guy at first base other than Chris Davis change the trajectory of the Orioles? Would we have gotten a World Series in 2015, 2016, 2017 at any point by now if we did not sign Chris Davis on the contract? Well, we signed Chris Davis in 2016, um, and we end up losing in the, in the, in the wild card. So... In, you could argue in 2013, um, if he, you know, or in that in that year in, in 2016, if we had a better version at first base, maybe we could do something. I would point out also, um, he only played in that one game. Uh, he went 0 for three uh, in that wild card game, but we lost two to five. So I'm not sure if if Chris Davis is 0 for three with two strikeouts. Um, if the two for five, if the loss okay. losing two to five would be the difference. And then in the years afterwards, we're under 500, we're losing 100 games. So I right. don't care who you have playing first base, we're still probably going to lose 100 games. All right. So we've split this in two. Uh, we've played out not signing the contract, and it still does not get us a championship. Yes. Right? Yes. You and I agree. Yeah. There's no whatever million ways you can do. The contract did not change whether or not we got a championship. Even if you put that money into different players, you're not taking a hundred loss team and turning. I don't think. I don't think it's the scenario where you're right. your playoff team. Even if you use that money in other places. All right, then let's rewind even further before the contract, and let's go back to 2014, where the Orioles had a great year. The Orioles won the AL East. Yes. Chris Davis had a great season. Yes. And then he got busted for Adderall. Yes. And got suspended for 25 games, including postseason games. Yeah, the timing was unfortunate. This is one where, uh, if you want to say, Chris Davis does not get busted for Adderall, how that year plays out, this is the year. that There's some other things, and we might need to do an episode alone about 2014. Or we'll steer into it in this episode. But I think the Adderall suspension in Chris Davis, I could make an argument about 2015 
no, 2014 mm-hmm. being the year that in some alternate Chris Davis timeline, the Orioles have won the World Series. Sure. And, and, and a couple of things about that. First, the Adderall, I, I think it's still up for debate whether that impacts performance at all. I think some people argue it encourages focus and reaction time, but then he just went to a different ADHD medicine after that. And like he had was using Adderall um, in 2014 when he had a bad year, like his year was not having a good year in 2014. And he also uh, in 2015 had a great year and was not using Adderall presumably after he got suspended for it. So he had good years without Adderall and, you know, bad years with Adderall. So, and that, but this, this this discussion is not about the Adderall. It's about it's about the suspension. Okay, fine. And losing him in the playoffs made a big impact and hurt this team. Yes, and the timing was it was a twenty five game suspension, but it yep. happened with seventeen games left to go in the regular season. Um, so he missed the last seventeen games. And he would have came back after eight postseason games, I believe. But we only played seven postseason games. Yes. Um, because he had to miss one more game in the next season. Yes. Open, he missed opening day of the next season because of that. But 2016, they won the division. They had a shot. Now, I believe 2016, is 2016 also, yeah, 2016, will it also be when Obato got left in? Or was that 20? That's, that's, that's 2016. Yeah, but we're talking 2014. Right. 2014, we famously swept the Tigers, which included Max Scherzer, included okay. you know all the, the, the three Cy Young winners, this Justin the, Verlander, David is, Price. This is the greatest moment in Orioles fan history. Game two. It game, well, one of. Game two and yeah. the Delman Young double. Yes. This is the season we're talking about. Yes. Imagine that squad with Chris. This is the we won't stop champ. Um, and we had injuries and stuff. And you know what? Let's just get... Well, and it's worth pointing out who was the replacement for for Chris Davis in the playoffs that year was Steve Pierce. Yes. Right? Who ended up batting 214 in the playoffs. Um, so did not have a good, a good playoff. Did not play well in the ALCS. Okay. Right? right? The ALCS, which we were swept 4-0... But it's worth mentioning the scores of those 4-0 sweep. Because remember, all those were frustratingly close games yes. where Kansas City was like little gnats hitting little singles and doubles. And we just couldn't get them out. The scores of those games, the sweep was 8-6 to six in game one, 6-4 to four in game two, 2-1 two to one in mm-hmm. game three, and 2-1 to one in game four. Yeah. You know what all those games missed? A nice Chris Davis two-run home run. Yeah, and I mean, Chris and Chris Davis, even though his 2000, and we were just talked about his 2014 year was down, he still had 26 home runs, um, in only four and only what 450 at bats. Um, so he's still hitting the home run ball, still had an OBP of 300. And so you wonder if Chris Davis was in there over Steve Pierce, you know, you win one of those games with a home run, or he gets a walk and he's able to score, and you're able to win one of those games. Um, yeah. The Kansas City seemed to be super lucky. Eventually, their luck uh, ha- had to have run out. Um, so you just wonder. This is where my this is in my mind. This is where my 2016 World Championship T-shirts and jerseys and rings are are right here. 
Mm. It's a combination of 2014, sorry. Right. 2014 was tough because not only did you have the Chris Davis suspension, 2014 is when Matt Wieters got hurt 26 games in and had Tommy John. So you think of Matt Wieters as a key part of those good Orioles, and he was down. Machado started the season late with knee injuries and then only ended up playing 82 games because he had to have knee surgery again. Uh, and then even Bud Norris missed, missed like two weeks. Davis missed two weeks with obliques before this. So that's the year that like I look at where it's like I know there's a timeline somewhere out there that the 2014 Orioles win the World Series. And a big part of that team was Chris Davis and his Adderall suspension killed. Oh sure, I mean you you have guys in that in that playoff get a lot of at at, at bats. Guys like Nick Hundley, Ryan Flaherty, Alejandro Diaz. I mean that's <laughs> they're they're getting playoff at bats for us, and that was never part of the plan, right? Uh, they're getting playoff at bats because of injuries, and they're getting significant yes. play, playoff at bats. Um, though the other side of that argument is, I'll just kind of throw this out there. So, kind of we're looking at this from kind of all angles. Um, Chris Davis did play in the 2012 wildcard game and ALDS um, and in the 2016 wildcard game. So he played in some games enough to have, you know, 30 plate appearances in postseason in postseason um, plate appearances batted 185 with zero home runs in the playoffs. So okay. I'll just throw right. out there for the kind of the other side of the argument that, well, really maybe would not have mattered if he was yes. in there, but listen to 2014 was the first time we were in the AL CS, the American League Championship Series, since 1997, right? And we haven't yes. been there since. That's correct. And so that's sure you circle that year, and all the and the Kansas City team was was fine, right? But all those games felt felt winnable, um, and so that made that series kind of very frustrating because you felt like ah, oh, um, you you could have had it, and yeah, the injuries are, are something, but you know, the Chris Davis not being there. Um, and like, just I don't know. You wonder also about all the the drama around the Adderall suspension. Like, it's not like he's injured; he's there. Right. He just is not allowed to play because he was suspended. And and again, and it comes all, back that to, is a distraction. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Right. And we're not even getting into the part of is it even fair? Is it, it even something that should be a suspension? But more of just looking at all right with not having the suspension and not having that drama. So how'd that go? So, so what maybe. if Chris Davis does not get suspended for Adderall? Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the other thing is, I mean, I know you don't want to go there, but the other thing is, did Adderall impact performance is another thing, right? Because if he was able to continue taking Adderall and continue to be able to perform really well, as in the Adderall did enhance his performance. What's that mean for 2015, 2016? The rest of his contract. Yeah. Yeah, Because he, he, after that, after 2014, he stops taking Adderall, and then very shortly after that is kind of the demise of his career, and whether it was really performance-enhancing or whether it was all mental. Um, I don't know. They, they, I think there's there's a connection there. But and, and it could. You're right. It could have been all mental, like the Adderall didn't do anything to help him, but it's a little placebo that he thinks in his mind yeah. that it's what it does it, because baseball players are mental. Yep. Um all right. But yeah, so, so maybe. I mean, you maybe. could envision a world where Davis is in the lineup instead of Steve Pierce. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe Steve Pierce can can play instead of, I don't know, Diaz or be a pinch hitter available to pinch hit. And so you just, I mean, you have to go into those kind of play by play. But but certainly, um, 
yeah, it's possible that Chris Davis would have came in clutch either with a walk or a double or a home run. I mean, one player in this four-game series where each game is decided by one or two runs, especially a power-heading player, could have made a difference. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we talk Chris Davis, and we've had this discussion many times, but we've never got really into it about what killed Chris Davis. And part of me wonders, and will always wonder, what if this trend of the shift didn't happen in baseball? And I feel like the shift goes right in line with analytics, where you don't have the shift without analytics. Analytics came into baseball, and suddenly they had note cards of Chris Davis hits the ball 82% of the time right here, and they put their players there. So I think the shift came along from analytics, and did the shift destroy Chris Davis's career? Because it was around that 2016 time frame where suddenly the shift became super popular in baseball to now where every team in baseball does the shift. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, where it began, the other years, bigger years, here it is. In 2012, he was shifted 31% of the time in 2012. Okay. Um, and, and I think this is the direct result of that. I blame, I, I put a, I don't blame just an, 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 analytics. I think you're right. But specifically, um, I think the Tampa Bay Rays killed Chris Davis. Um, okay. All right. So, I, I, I see where you're going with this. So 30% in when? 2012? Yeah, in, 20, in 2012. All right. And how, what was his percent when you bump up to like 2016, right after the contract is signed? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I have where the moment shifted. Okay. So in 2013, in 2012, it went to 31%. In 2013, it went to, to 51%. Okay. And I think from that point on, it was more 51 or more. In 2014, a year later, Josh. Yeah. 83%. <laughs> All right, fine. Between, the Tampa Bay Rays killed Chris Davis. Think about this. We Between figured it out. 2012 to, you know, 2014, he went from 31% to 83%. Wow. Wow. And if you want to talk about uh, BABIP, you know, uh-huh. um, in 2012, his, you know, his, his BABIP was 364. Um, and then in 2014, against the shift, his BABIP dropped to 230. And so there's a, you know, a direct connection. I mean, Chris Davis, his spray chart, he, especially on the ground, right? And that's what the shift does, ground balls. Yeah. He, I mean, sometimes when he hit the ball in the air, he would go all over the field, but his ground balls were strongly pulled. And so, I mean, he's not the only person. You could throw uh, Ryan Howard, I think, for the Phillies in that in that mix too. But left-handed power hitters specifically um, were destroyed by the shifts. Oh, here yeah. it is. All right. All right. Here it is. 2016. Okay. 641 plate appearances. Okay. This is going to be a scary number. It's over 400, isn't it? 591 shifts against them in 641 plate appearances. What's that, like 92%? 92% of the time. In 2017. Hey, you like that math? I got the 92%. It was Uh 92.2. All right, let's do the math on this. In 2017, 518 appearances, 486 shifts. 486? Yeah. Out of 513? Out of 518. That's like 97%, 98%. 93.8%. All right. Um, And so in 2016, 92%, 2017, 93% shift, 2018, 92% shift. I love that. See, I'm learning from this what-if segment because I blame the shift on Chris Davis just as my eyeballs. 
yeah. for the shift killing Chris Davis. And we've talked about this and kind of accepted that the shift killed Chris Davis. I think we just I think you just brought facts to the table that the shift built, killed Chris Davis. Yeah. I mean, again, not to minimize my own argument, but something that also happened in 2016, and this was happening before. I guess no, I guess it was happened the whole time. It just happened a little bit more. And that's the strikeouts. And there's nothing yeah, you can do about the yeah. shift of strikeouts. But I mean, in 2016 and 2015, when he had his really great year, he hit 47 home runs, he struck out 208 times, which was the second most times in his career. The most he ever struck out was 2019. Yep. And so you could argue, well, you know, even at his prime, he was still striking out a bunch. But I would so, also, yeah. yeah. But so, I would also say, with baseball being a mental game, the more as that shift is killing you. What you're doing is then you're swinging at more pitches outside, trying to think, oh, well, I got a chance to hit it opposite. I got a chance to beat the shift. Maybe I can beat the shift. And he wasn't able to ever learn to beat the shift, which probably led to more strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all fine. I mean, the other numbers suggest, like, I don't know. I was just looking at some of the, the numbers suggest he was just getting worse at hitting in general. If you look at his exit velocity on his balls, um, in 2015, you know, he was at 52nd in baseball with 113 mile per hour exit velocity average. Um, by 2017, that 113 has gone to 109. Okay. It is 154th in baseball. Barrels, like the amount of time you barrel a ball up. Right. In 2015, he was third in baseball for barreling the ball up. By 2018, he was 97th in baseball. So he also just kind of got... I mean, and maybe this all kind of relates. It might all come to mental. Um, yeah. Also, his average home run trot around the bases got slower, too. <laughs> like, you can look well, at that, those stats, too, well, as well. That, that, that should get slower because he needs to enjoy each one. They don't yeah. happen as much. He was never very fast to begin with. Right. Um, but <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah. So, if they don't ban the shift, Chris Davis, there's no doubt in my mind that Chris Davis is not as bad as he yep. as he was. So you're declaring Shift da- uh Shift Davis killed by the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Chris yeah, they they, they killed him. And oh, I'm, I don't remember the year, shoot. Um but there was he had the 54 at bats without a hit, which is the MLB record for most at bats without a hit. Oh, I saw I saw uh uh, oh, like Hansu Kim had Hansu it. Kim yeah. had it. No. Um, and that record, where he'll forever be remembered for that, that record never happens. Never yes. happens without the, unless the shift's involved. Yeah, correct. You're right. The shift caused that record 100%. All right. So there we go. With that timeline, without the shift happening, Chris Davis is still a good baseball player. Probably. Um, Probably. Good, I think, is a strong word. I'm not sure if he if he's he... not he's not historically bad. Yeah. Oh, and this hitless streak was 2019. So yeah, that all lines up. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's less bad. Um, and this, yeah, the strikeouts become more aggravating because he's hitting for a low average. I think he his instead of hitting 190, I don't know. We're just making up numbers here. But maybe instead of hitting 180 and 190, he hits 230 and 240, right? Yeah. Instead of hitting one, yeah, 180 in 2019, maybe he hits, you know, 220, and maybe that changes how we view him. And that changes 
him mentally at the plate. It yeah. changes the amount of at bats he gets. It changes. He probably doesn't fight with uh, what's his name, Hyde, manager Hyde in the dugout. There's probably not strife with him and the manager. Uh, there's lots of stuff that goes in that gets built up once you change one pretty big thing of the shift. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 maybe like I don't know. Like I mean, we only see him in 2016. Um, in in the wild card series, but but maybe in 2016, I don't know. He does better in the wild card series because they're not shifting him, and he can do some more damage. Right. Though I don't know, he struck out twice in that game, so maybe not. But 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 yeah, I, I don't know if it changes the fortunes of the Orioles as a franchise, but it certainly changes Chris Davis to not being as maligned as he has been over the past several years. Yeah. Now. In baseball, outside of Chris Davis, are you pro-shift or anti-shift? I've been anti-shift for years now. Me too. I think we both standed on anti-shift. Yeah. And partly because it killed Chris Davis. But I also wonder, like, who else? How? I think it does more than just kill Chris Davis. It kills a big part of the game. Yeah. Like, I like I like hitting in baseball. I like singles. I like... I, was, I, was, I, was, I saw some stat, like, balls hit up the middle 10 years ago. Um, well, yeah, had, we're a base hit hundred percent of the time. You had like a three hundred fifty, a three fifty batting average yeah. for boss up the middle. Now it's like a two thirty batting average for boss up the middle. So it's like, uh, is that good for baseball? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, specifically it hurt Chris Davis. Um, and you know the other side of it is, well, learn to hit the ball somewhere else. Sure, or right. le- or learn learn to put a button down. I wonder. Sure, like I, I, yes, yeah. you should, but. It's I wonder just if someone has gone back to like history and like, how would the shift have killed Ted Williams? You know, like yeah. who in base like these? You take these Hall of Famers if they had to play against the shift, how much would that have affected yeah. things? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Ted Williams have any effect. I but, know Ted but Williams would more have been of like fine. a power hitting, yeah, power, the power hitting lefties. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, baseball. You know, baseball attracts. All the all all the the researchers and historians. So I'm sure right. some people have there have looked at that. But um, all right, well that's the shift timeline. Yeah. So doesn't I don't think it in the what if scenarios the Orioles still are what they are. Um, similar records, similar results. Um, but I think Chris Davis is viewed a little differently if in that universe where the shift never happens. All right. All right. Real quick before we close the book on. Chris Davis's different uh, timelines. Yeah, I'm gonna look at one more timeline. Okay. Chris Davis retired this past year. Yes. His contract. He didn't have to retire. His contract was still there. So, final, real quick, what if to get out of here? What if Chris Davis did not retire? How would Chris Davis fit onto your 2022 Orioles? Ooh. So um, I think Chris Davis would make a convenient scapegoat. For again, why you can't sign players or do something because you have his contract and his roster spot. Um, there'd be a lot of complaining. You saw people complain about a bullpen guy with an area of seven and why it wasn't protected on the 40 man, Nick Vespi. I think there'd be a lot of complaints. Wait a minute, Nick Vespi isn't on the roster, but Chris Davis is taking up a 40 man roster spot, which should have, but could have, could have been held by him. Um, right. 
you have this awkward situation with Mancini. Mount Castle Davis, Mount Castle. how to fit them all we, in the day. We thought we'd have to deal with that last year, but we didn't because of the back injury. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, um, so it's worked out well for the Orioles that Chris Davis retired this year. They probably gave him some extra money to retire or did something so that he could retire and not lose the money that was promised to him or something. And I'm sure the Orioles got some sort of relief too. Yes. Whether it's but the through big insurance relief. or whatever. Yeah. Right. But then the big relief for them, for him retiring, is not have to deal with the stress of how to balance Chris Davis into the future of this club. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so oh, so we can fill a 40-man spot, so we can keep a 40-man spot for Keegan Aiken. Well, I mean, more of leaving a veteran like Chris Davis on your bench while Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle are playing. Yeah, and, and having like and having um I think more chemistry issues, right? Having Chris yes. Davis over there seething that he's not playing over, you know, over yes. some of these other guys. Yes. And, you know, Chris Davis wants to do well and gets frustrated and has already had some encounters with manager Hyde. And so I think being a younger team, having Trey Mancini being the veteran alongside guys like Cedric Mullins and John Means without this overshadowing, overhanging kind of cloud, dark cloud that is Chris Davis and his struggles and the contract, I think makes for a looser, better, more comfortable locker room all, all the way around. All right. But it, I don't know if it equals any more wins or if you're... No, I don't think it affects wins, loss, any of that stuff. No. All right. Well, what if Chris Davis was never born? <laughs> <laughs> well, then there'll be a lot of... There'll be hundreds of millions of dollars not given to charities across yes. Maryland and other places, right? And, and and there would have been a man on 295 stuck under his truck. Yes, without... Oh, and, and I think, uh, wasn't there an elevator situation? Or is this just myth that he pried open the elevators when some oral players were locked I, in the I elevator? Believe that, I believe he did. <laughs> I don't know. I've been just making that up right now. That. Like, I also, know it happened. I just don't know if Chris, Chris Davis would pry the doors open. How I, I believe it. Chris Davis and Adam Jones were stuck on the elevator, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think we... Tease the concept of how can they be stuck with the Hulk on the elevator. Right, right. Um, and also, just a lot of fun memories as Oreo fans of Chris Davis hitting home runs at the perfect time. Yeah, or hoisting David, uh, Nate McClouth over his shoulder. Home run derby. Low, uh, home run, his, his work at the home run derby. Uh, you know, him with his, his right. muscles you know, up after you know, a, a, a big right. hit. So yeah, there's a lot of... So real yeah. quick little... Uh, it's a wonderful life, and then here of here's all the great things that would have missed if you were not born. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Davis, we're glad. No, you were we're born. glad he ex- he exists. Absolutely, and I'm glad he was an and Oriole. The world is better off for his charity and his work, and 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 yeah. Yes, the we, John. Uh, and then we get to cheer him. Yeah, the Children's Hospital. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, I think that's a good first kind of what if episode, looking at some different angles of Chris Davis. Um, not as maybe drastic as some of the Marvel Universe stuff or as some of the Doctor no. Who stuff in my world. No, but, but I'm all for a a photo of the three different versions of Chris Davis all pointing at each other, like that yeah. Spider-Man meme. Yeah. I'm all for that. Um, this What If is fun. This is something different to do. I know we've got a whole list of some different scenarios to do with some Orioles. Yeah, I mean, that you could do this but, all day, yeah. But this is also this feels like something that someone could take our idea and spin it to a weekly podcast just about what if sports scenarios. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, was that shots fired at the person who stole your idea to do a Kevin Costner, <laughs> Kyle Ripken? Is that shots fired? Oh, uh, no. Because that was your I, podcast that, that he kind of stole from you. 
but yeah, I yes. Right. Thank you, Sam Digman. Yeah. Um, it, Sam Digman's podcast, uh, the rumor, the rumor, has inspired me to uh, focus more on some of these podcast ideas that I've had. Yeah, before and someone actually, else takes them from actually you. Actually, put more work than one demo episode in. Yeah. So try to build a whole season. But uh, yeah, great what if episode. Send us your feedback and give us some scenarios over on Twitter or iTunes reviews, wherever, on some scenarios you think we should discuss. Yeah, some good oral what ifs. So, all right. You want to close us out? Sure. Follow us on Twitter and all that stuff. You can follow me at section 336. You can follow Josh. At Josh Shiroka. Don't forget, you can head on over to section336.com. And all there is all the clicks and stuff to give us reviews as well as support us through Patreon or, I believe, PayPal even, too. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. 
Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.